Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of 100 Podcast with me, Tai Schechter, and I'm joined by my co-host Reza V. Uh, this is week 14 and we're talking about the Vancouver or Canada startup ecosystem. We're going to touch on both. A uh, really interesting subject, especially during this time with what's going on in the world, in the US, in Canada, in Europe, in other places. Uh, and the guest that joins us today is Colin Weston. is a partner at Reviver Sports Entertainment. is the community leader of Startup Vancouver and the host of the Mod Golf uh, podcast. Hey, Colin, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Good to see you. Good, Reza, good to see you too, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Reza, so um, I'm excited on today's episode. I mean, uh, being in Vancouver for a year, I can bring my own perspective. Uh, what do you think as someone who has been here for the last decade or so? Um, this subject is, is very interesting to me too. And Colin is the best person to talk about it uh, with him. I think um, I don't have a lot of experience on, on startup in, in different places in the world. I, I only have experience in Vancouver and I have a very limited view of um, different startup communities. And that's, that's what uh, draws me into this subject because I keep hearing how East Coast is different, how Silicon Valley might have a different vibe. And I don't know what that's like. So um, today we're going to explore that. All right, so let's get straight to it. Colin, how would you define the Vancouver startup ecosystem if you had to? Quite simply, I would describe it as being collaborative rather than competitive. I think we've done a really good job here with all the organizations uh, within the startup ecosystem here and the innovation ecosystem. So it's beyond a startup, of course. It is early growth companies, scale-up companies, small to medium-sized enterprises, and, and also those early-stage ideation, bootstrap, broke, try to put it together. Hey, I used to be one of those, and uh, so they're part of our tribe too, and I, I, I love them. But I, I find in Vancouver, we really do embrace that, you want to call it a cliche, or at least that saying of, a rising tide lifts all boats and to go far, you got to go together. And we really do that. So between organizations, whether it's Volition or Spring or Futurepreneur, uh, uh, Women's Enterprise Center, Community Futures BC, Innovate BC, New Ventures BC, and I can go on and on with the list, BC Tech. We're all here to help each other and no one's trying to get all of the toys out of the sandbox and keep them from themselves. And there are other communities that are like that. They're, to be honest, actually they're getting better, but it's more of an East Coast, or at least an Eastern thing. I grew up in Toronto, so I, I know the uh, the vibe there, much more competitive. Uh, not saying that we're not, that we just <laughs> kind of sit back and, uh, and don't do much here, but, but to that point in Vancouver, we really are collaborative, and the power of partnerships uh, to propel everything forward has never been stronger, especially now with everything going sideways in the last three and a half, four months here with COVID, that I've seen that resilience and that willingness to collaborate has grown even stronger. That's amplified and people reaching out and wanting to help each other or asking for help and people actually do without wanting to ask directly, what's in it for me? I think Vancouver's really great of being able to take that approach of pay it forward that 
building, and we'll talk about this a little bit of building social capital. Reza, you've done a great job of doing that yourself, and that's what I do with Startup Vancouver. And uh, that's that's the best way forward. It's more of a longer term investment, I guess you can say, for all organizations. But ultimately, the whole ecosystem wins, and the entrepreneurs that really we're here to serve to give them the best chance to succeed, uh, I think is even stronger than in some other places. That's a really interesting angle you pointed, <clears throat> pointed at it because um, I've been noticing how supportive this community was, for me at least. When I was out there, uh, they were supportive. They were introducing me to the right people. I didn't feel like somebody wants to knock me down or compete with me. Everybody wants to elevate other, um, other people in the community. And I was very unique about Vancouver and I haven't experienced other places, but I keep hearing how, how much, um, you know, more competitive everywhere else is. And I have an intuition that it might have, you know, it might miss this component that Vancouver has. And you've been looking at it as a, as a bird's eye view or a 300 feet above everybody else kind of view. And this is, this is interesting to me. This is what stands out to me. What about you, Itai? Yeah, well, coming here and being really new here just a year ago from Tel Aviv, which is maybe one of the highest competitive environments you can imagine in the startup world, I definitely feel a big difference in, in the culture uh, when it comes to the startup world here. Um, it felt, and it still does feel a little, maybe not even a little, like way more laid back. Everyone has patience and time and uh, it, it takes getting used to. It takes getting used to if uh, you're sending an email to someone and they reply three weeks later. I'm not uh, used to those sort of things uh, that are really common here. And uh, it takes getting used to, I mean, that's just one example, but the, the entire vibe that you get is that. Now, um, I think there are pros and cons to this type of approach. I mean, here, the, the lifestyle, the, the, what the city can offer you is, I mean, way more than, than what you get in in place like Tel Aviv, for example. Uh, but in terms of the actual business, I'm not sure if it's an advantage, a disadvantage, if Vancouver is going in this direction. And uh, my intuition said that, uh, I, I think that yes, that it will become a more competitive uh, environment and it will become more sort of a startup city and hub especially as things have progressed during the last few months. I think the entire equity of Canada as a startup hub is rising significantly. Uh, but those are just my uh, first thoughts and uh, observations over the last year. Yeah, Itai, you make a great point that, uh, <laughs> that Vancouver is more laid back. Uh, I haven't been to Tel Aviv, but from what I understand there, the whole business and startup culture is on steroids, very, moving forward very, very fast. And that is kind of built into that culture. And Vancouver is a little bit different. And I grew up in Toronto, even though I've been here for, gosh, more than half my life now. But that kind of Toronto in me is still kind of baked in. I know that both of you have seen me in action. Uh, I don't have the typical Vancouver type of laid back uh, approach. I'm going a million miles an hour in lots of different directions here. Uh, but I've also learned sometimes you need to be patient and you'll need to let things come to you. 
Sometimes it's like pushing a rope, it doesn't work, right? So that you have to learn that. You think as an entrepreneur, it's like you gotta be first to market, you know, you gotta, gotta get in there and you gotta capture uh, X percentage or a, a wedge of whatever it is you know, before the competition comes in. Uh, and sometimes that's not the case. You know, there's, there's enough to, to, to go around or you have more insights and you know, flipping over to what I do in the sport entertainment space. You know, Utah, you and I are connected in that space with what we do when we wear our other hat as entrepreneurs. But, uh, but I've learned that also over seven years, the first thing that we created uh, was just way too early for the market and was just way too big of an idea. And now really six and a half, seven years later, we've managed it isn't a pivot just coming through the other side and the market catching up to us and establishing and cultivating those partnerships and those relationships back to that social capital piece is why one of the main reasons that I jumped in to become the community leader three years ago of Startup Vancouver and becoming a co-founder of Startup Vancouver. Same reason for, uh, for podcasting, not unlike the two of you, the fact you are now have a platform to connect to, uh, to people that otherwise you wouldn't have a reason to have a conversation with. So it ends up extending your reach also to build relationships. And that takes, takes a lot of time. And you still get in this mentality in some places with entrepreneurs. Maybe they watch too much Dragon's Den or, or Shark Tank and think that it happens immediately like this and that over-romanticized kind of vision of, of entrepreneurship. It's like, oh, you, you just show up and you, know, you have this idea and put it together. Next thing you know, you're getting funded for $5 million or something, right? And we know that's <laughs> not the case uh, or like 0.001% of the time that that actually happens. So that idea of Vancouver being a bit slower, I think is kind of a double-edged sword. I think it's good in some ways it also uh, is a bit detrimental also. I have noticed that. Uh, and slower also, I found Vancouver and also Canada, if you want to move out to a kind of a global level or even North American level, that Vancouver, whether it's angel investors or even some of the mindset that people have, uh, they're three to five years behind of probably what's going on in Tel Aviv, probably, and I know what's going on in the U.S. because as as in the sport tech space, that's that's where we spend all our time. That's where the action is. That's where the accelerators and the incubators and the VCs that are investing in the experience economy, investing in in sports tech hubs like San Diego, which I didn't even know existed uh, as a as an innovation, a sports tech innovation hub that's been growing and growing over the last six, seven years or so. Uh, those are the type of places that, uh, that Vancouver doesn't have yet. So it is a laggard in that case, but the, but the potential for Vancouver, which excites me, is really great because mm. to become this uh, this center. If I get to spit, kind of use use my hands here without having a whiteboard behind me to draw something up. Yeah. I'm an architect, so I like to be visual here. But my vision, or our original vision of Startup Vancouver, when we started three years ago, imagine as a circle with Vancouver actually being the circle with Startup Vancouver being right in the middle, and the entrepreneurs being in the middle with us because we are a volunteer-based group of entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. That's our mandate. That's what we're here for, and all these other organizations and events and resources that are kind of floating around inside of that Vancouver circle, these awesome yet fragmented and siloed and uh, uh, organizations uh, that we now bring together. And that was the idea that we are then connecting these spokes, you know, to the hub in the middle. And what I see is the midterm vision. I don't put a timeline in this, but Vancouver has this awesome potential that the circle that contained Vancouver becomes more of this, kind of this semi-permeable 
membrane, if you will, and the rest of the world's on the outside. So Startup Vancouver is actually the circle of the membrane, and we're there to attract uh, resources, talent, people, insights, and bring that into Vancouver. And then we're also, with all the awesome things we have inside of that little Vancouver bubble, and then also being able to send them back out. So I really see us uh, going from a, from a hub to a membrane. Not the best analogy, but that's kind of <laughs> kind of what I see where we're going. And I, I truly believe that. That's the potential we have here with, with I, Startup I, uh, Vancouver and the entire ecosystem. I believe the, the potential is huge. Uh, just some numbers to uh, put the, the perspective in place. So Israel, it's uh, 7 million people or 8 million people living in Israel. And in 2019, there was $9 billion worth of uh, startup investing, VCs, angel investors, uh, in the entire nation of Canada for 2019, the, that number was 3 billion. So I think the potential for growth here is huge. I think that Canada is strategically located, especially with whatever goes on in the major hubs in New York, in San Francisco, Silicon Valley right now. Uh, a lot of what goes on there is not sustainable with those high costs of living. And, uh, you know, remote work is proving itself. Uh, a lot of it doesn't make sense, and that puts Vancouver, especially in Canada, uh, in a perfect spot for growth for the future decade. Great point. No, couldn't agree more. The, the other yeah. thing that interests me is if, let's, let's say, uh, we agree that Vancouver is a little more laid back than, than elsewhere. And, I mean, I grew up in, in Iran, and Tehran has a very high-paced uh, business culture with almost 12 million people in in the city it's a very fast-pacing city and every time i visit there i see the difference um in general not just startup community in general people are are very committed to achieve something um and here is very laid back but does that mean do you think colin that people from elsewhere are gonna come here and then steal the competition because of their work ethic because of them standing out Itai is coming from a background that he's, he's driven. I come from a background that I want to I wanna compete. I want to be out there. And Vancouver, it seems to be a little easier than everywhere else to, to stand out. Mm, a, a couple points, sir, that I could respond to there. I, I think first with Vancouver, having that laid, not only that laid back piece, but Vancouver's small, you really think about it, mm -hmm. as compared to Tehran, as you mentioned, the size there. And, and even Tel Aviv, I don't know what the population is, but probably much bigger than Vancouver. Smaller. Van yeah, Vancouver <laughs> only has, <laughs> so you guys are punching way above your weight class there. It's impressive. <laughs> uh, in Vancouver, uh, Vancouver itself has under a million people within the, the GBRD, the Greater Vancouver mm -hmm. District. There's two million. Hardly maybe. two million, yeah. Not even two million, right? There's about five million in the province, and it's a yeah. big province, right? Yeah. And most of it is rural. Yeah. So, uh, the fact that there's um, not as, it's not even the, the, the number of people, which is one thing uh, that, I don't know if I wanna say problematic, but once again, has the potential, because Vancouver, you know, after we get through this whole COVID thing, uh, mm -hmm. in the next three, five, 10 years, the population will easily double. And, there, and it's even set up that way and do mm -hmm. that as a sustainable city. Mm -hmm. And there's that, that, that piece, but also Vancouver, because I've been here for a while. I've been here since 1991. Lots so changed. More, 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 more my life and it was really provincial then it's grown up a lot uh, i got here right after expo 86 
Whereas before that, because I hear my wife telling me because she grew up here as a Vancouver mm -hmm. gal, and uh, it it was in the seventies and eighties, it it was a provincial town. It was mm -hmm. it wasn't even really a city anywhere, even on the global global map at all, even mm -hmm. on the North American map. So the growth that we've had here, the trajectory on we're on, is really exciting, but also a, it, it still has that provincial mentality, like a small city mentality. Uh, the fact that there's not a lot of headquarters or international mm -hmm. firms here. You know, we have places like Microsoft and Google now moving in uh, and Amazon in a significant way, which is great. But unlike Toronto or even Calgary, where you've got a lot of headquarters for, com for companies, you don't have that here. So it's a, it's a different mi mindset. The fact that it's for the first hundred years of this province, it relied on natural resources as mm -hmm. our major economic driver. So now as we transition over into innovation and technology and the potential there, it's, it still is lagging behind because there, I, I've just found being here for almost, well, almost 30 years is there is still a kind of a small town mentality to, to a, a lot of people. Not everybody, but it, but it is there as compared to other places that are truly global centers, whether it's uh, Silicon Valley or, or New York or you know, Chicago or, uh, or mm -hmm. L.A. Yeah. I feel like that a lot of talent is going to come here for the next decade. And the main reason is that it's a beautiful city. Where else can you, I mean, look at the water, the mountains, go, uh, you know, being in the ocean and in the afternoon go skiing. Uh, I don't think that there are many places where you can do that. And uh, more and more people are working remote. More and more people want to immigrate into Canada, into North America. I think that Vancouver is really going to stand up and attract a lot of talent. Uh, and things might change the city for, for a bit, but I only see it mm. for the better. And, and also in terms of um, mental health, there's a lot of attention to that. And Vancouver seems to be leading in terms of really focusing on a, on a be better balanced life. People here are, are, um, are kind of examples of those that want to have a really good life long term, whereas Silicon Valley people are looking at us and, and kind of second guessing what they're doing in, in their life. And then maybe they should take, take a break. So it goes hand in hand. And, and I like that about Vancouver. Colin, when you're looking at the startup community itself, do you see one of the things that strike me the most is I haven't met a lot of founders. I go to startup events and majority of them are non-founders. Is, is, is that the Vancouver thing? Do you think people here want to join different businesses and they don't have that risk mentality to start their own business? Uh, well, the first part of your question, where are all the founders hanging out? <laughs> uh, there are other groups that I'm also involved with that uh, they seem to more compartmentalize themselves uh, for masterminds and those type of things at, at, rather than the, the startup type of events that, that we hold, even though we do have, have some. Uh, and I'll be honest, a, a lot of them too, when they get to a certain stage, are so hyper-focused on the business hmm. that they for either forget or don't realize the value of connectivity and watering your garden, if you will, by getting yourself out there as you've done a hundred times in a hundred days there, Reza, <laughs> earlier this year. And, uh, and they get away from that a little bit. That's just my observation. And it's not a criticism. Like sometimes they got to work in the business and on the business. And part of working on the business 
is once again cultivating those relationships and i can't speak for them particularly but mm -hmm. they may believe that they're past that stage or, or need that or don't have the bandwidth or time mm -hmm. to do that anymore which i think is a is a mistake because as, as we know yeah. building that, those relationships and authentically putting yourself out there that people in silicon valley yeah. are so good at i've only spent a little bit yeah. of time there we've spent most of our time in san diego and la as yeah. i mentioned because we're more in the, in the sports tech yeah. uh, space but in silicon valley and having lots of friends that have spent significant time there they have said repeatedly that people there and people that are quite influential and are very busy people will offer to help you they're not doing the they're not pitching mm -hmm. to you they're not trying to position themselves to make it all about them they yeah. are listening and they're asking like how can we help so they to to understand that and get away from because this other thing you talked about sustainability also in lifestyle and balance and even with sustainability of, of startups and and that notion i'm gonna kind of get on my soapbox here and kind of go on this one for a second here but one thing that's bothered me for the last couple of years is this over fixation on the unicorn on those billion dollar companies and i even saw a bit of the new ventures bc with some of the judges they're still looking for that next billion dollar company whether it's a hootsuite or mm -hmm. a slack that have come out of, of vancouver or british columbia and that whole investment mentality and a lot of them in, in silicon valley of those sand hill road vcs have abandoned that now they realize trying to hit that home run that grand slam once every 20 times you know we know the the 19 of them are going to lose money but we have to have that one that's uh, this, this 100 or 200 x return that's a terrible business model, right? It, you, may, you may as well go to Vegas and just bet on stuff. I, I realize they're more sophisticated than that, but in a way that's kind of what they're doing. They've already mm -hmm. pre-positioned themselves that they're gonna lose you know, the majority of the time. And a lot of the, the VCs now, and I, I like this approach too, is look at what I call the Goldilocks companies for Goldilocks investments, meaning, that analogy of not too hot, not too cold, just right in the middle of there. So it's not a lifestyle business that you're just doing on yourself as a consultancy. It's not something that you're looking once again, you know, to promising to be a $5 billion, $10 billion company unicorn over the next couple of years that you have steady, scalable, repeatable growth. And that's really what the value is. I know, Itai, that's what you're looking at with your business. And even with uh, yeah, with, and, if, what, I, what and if I may add, if I uh, if I add um, those nineteen companies that are failing in their portfolio, had they not been pushed to become a unicorn, they would have had an amazing business model. They would have they would have sustainably be a second or third tier business that is profitable that is going forward but because they're pushed to become a unicorn they're spending like crazy they're going through cash because all they want is to become this ginormous business and and they're they're fa failing uh, a lot of times because of it uh, absolutely absolutely and they may, they may not have that potential mm -hmm. and yeah so i i completely completely agree with that because there's there's room all throughout kind of the strata or the spectrum exactly of, of businesses to uh, to be something even what we're putting together we'll talk too much about this but with reviver what we're uh, we're creating with our our, our newest uh, kind of sport entertainment technology product mm -hmm. we're not saying it's going to be a, a billion dollar company 
but yes, will it actually build sustainable growth and be repeatable mm -hmm. and get to a hundred billion dollar company with like a 50 to 70% profit margin once we actually get up and running? Yes. And we're still seeing some investors are like, eh, it's not good enough. Right. And uh, it's like, well, all right, well, if that's the way you think, then obviously we're talking to the wrong yeah. people. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's, I, I find that, uh, Make it sound like I'm a little bit frustrated, but you know there is that 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 goes on. But that's changing. That's I think, changing. I, I, I know that's changing, especially with the angel investors that I'm involved with, Valhalla Capital, uh, people over there uh, with um, Luke and Grant, and uh, even with Van Van Tech Angels here in town, and also Vancouver Angel Forum or Angel Forum Vancouver, I should say, with Irene and uh, Peter Dorsman. And they're awesome. They're, they're great. And they, they get that, right? They're, they're obviously looking for a sustainable, repeatable growth, but they're, uh, they don't have that, that unicorn fantasy mindset or that's what we have to do. It's all that or forget it, right? Yeah. It's funny how with other businesses, that's not the mentality. Like if you were to invest in a, in a, uh, you know, partnership in a construction business or in any other business than startup, nobody's going out there. I want to become the largest construction company in the world. You're like, no, let's, let's make it a profitable construction company of its own size. And let's look at the, not everything is realistic about it. The moment they pivot towards uh, startups, they want to become Amazon. They want to become, you know, this company needs to become the next Facebook. And you're like, well, there is a business not becoming a bit Facebook. You can be somewhere in between. And startups are, are now the word startup is covering a very large spectrum of businesses. So in general, any business could be a startup these days. So there is room for, for being a small business, mid-sized business. You don't have to be the largest corporation in the world. Colin, you, I, you I don't. And yeah, go ahead. Itai, go for it. Yeah. No, I wanted to ask uh, uh, something on a different subject. So go ahead, and uh, then I'll ask it. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say a quick story here. I've been involved uh, as a judge, as a mentor with Vancouver Startup Weekends, and and other events that, that I've been involved with over the years. And two years ago, I was out at UBC for a startup weekend in Vancouver. And the way those work, if you don't know, so it's like this two and a half day, 54 hour, very intense hackathon, if you will. And the first night, everybody's getting together and everybody of the 150 or so people that are there can pitch, 60 second pitch. And if they do, then there's a voting system in the top 10 or 12 companies, then they form teams and by the end of the night, they're ready to go to start the next day. I had this young woman, so it wasn't, you know, wasn't a teenager, wasn't in high school. She, I believe she was in Sauter School of Business. She came up to me and afterwards and didn't pitch and said she wanted to pitch, but didn't because she hadn't built an app yet. Oh. And hearing that, it just made me a bit frustrated, but also very sad that she felt mm -hmm. that her, her notion of what entrepreneurship is is so technology focused that it has to be an app. If it's not an app, it's not <laughs> entrepreneurship. And of course, then I just told her what it takes, right? To find a, find a problem and have a solution. Yeah. Find customers, start talking to people, see if there's validation for this. And, and just work your idea forward and see where it goes and do that very, very quickly. So for me, hearing stories like that saddens me that there's still a lot of people out there. Like I said, it wasn't like she was some 14 year old high school kid. 
uh, you know, she, she has some experience under her belt and she still thought to her, in her mind, she put up that barrier or heard enough things that if she didn't have an app yet, she can't start her entrepreneurial journey, which is, which is so not true. Absolutely. And the word app says it all because, you know, <laughs> uh, no one builds an app these right. days. I mean, you build a platform, you build an ecosystem, you build a business first and not a, an app. Uh, and uh, that brings me to my next question, Colin. Um, I mean, you're a Canadian in the end of the day. When, when I was looking at uh, moving to Canada, I could move anywhere I wanted. And uh, realistically, I narrowed it down to Toronto versus Vancouver because I don't speak French. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask you uh, if you think that's the case right now or there are other emerging places you would uh, consider if you were outside of Canada and maybe interested in moving here. Uh, well, first of all, being from Toronto, you don't need to speak French in order to uh, communicate. No, I mean, that's, elimin that's eliminated Quebec for me, not uh, Toronto. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> Toronto. And Montreal is a beautiful place. Well, yeah. my, my family, I'm the only one that was born in Toronto. Well, my family is from Montreal. I've been for a, a couple of generations there. Um, so, yes, of course, with, the, with, with, with French, if you're going to go to Quebec, you certainly you need that as, uh, as something to, to, to get by, especially in business. Um, so as compared to other places in the world, I think just seeing through the lens that, that I see things through and working with Startup Canada, which to pull back, just to mention again, I don't think we did at the beginning that Startup Canada based out of Ottawa is a nonprofit that is not publicly funded. So we do have uh, corporate, uh, sponsors that help pay the way for at a national level and Startup Canada was formed almost 10 years ago. Uh, as that voice for the now over 3.5 million entrepreneurs across Canada. It's like, okay, well, what does that really mean? So out of the gate, we developed two platforms. One was our, our digital initiatives. So very quickly, we can scale and reach all across the country uh, between um, creating uh, well, even podcasts and then creating uh, what's called... Uh, startup chats on Twitter and, uh, and, and many, many other resources. So will be able to quickly uh, deploy resources that way, just through social media and, 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 uh, and through digital means. And the other one, which is really the heavy lifting, is the community chapters, which I yeah. mentioned Startup Vancouver is one of uh, over 40 of them now. And wow. there's eight, eight of them in the province and potential to grow even more. And that connectivity really comes back to, and this ties into, I'm hoping circling back to as far as people immigrating here and, and why Canada is, is such a great opportunity here, is within Startup Canada and also Startup Vancouver, we have two pillars, the two core values. The first one that touches on what I talked about earlier, and that is to collaborate, to partner, and not to compete and do that. And so I've expressed that already. And the other one, which I think you've seen the way I roll and the work that I do, what I embrace. And that is a diversity and inclusion piece to make entrepreneurship welcoming and inviting for everyone. So it doesn't matter as far as gender, age, ethnicity, socioeconomic background, sexual orientation, tech, non-tech, everybody is welcome. And we walk that walk and we do that through the events that we stage ourselves uh, to be very proactive and inclusive 
Uh, I vouch for that. One of the first people I met when I moved here was you, Colin. And uh, straight up, we we met at uh, one of your events. Then we sat down for coffee. You made some introductions to me. So uh, definitely, I, I, I can vouch for that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad I had that opportunity to do that. We, we made that, that connection. And one thing, when I moved here, and I'd heard this from a lot of people that have moved from, whether from Toronto, and for me, being you know, a white guy that speaks English and is Canadian, so it's even easier for me. But even it was difficult. I found Vancouver was, not that people are snobs or arrogant. Everybody kind of sticks to themselves. It gets that back to, I think, that more that provincial mentality. It's kind of you know who you know, and people don't, don't really make the effort. Um, that's not everybody, but I've, I've seen that. So Here in Vancouver? Yeah. So I found, in even not, not in the 1990s, but even when I started my entrepreneurial journey seven years ago, there wasn't a lot of resources or organizations stuff going on. It really took the next couple of years to really take off. Uh, with that. So I found it really difficult to connect and, and, and meet people, uh, whether it was even socially or also in the entrepreneurship space. So I've made a real effort, as you both know, to change that. So the experience that I had to flip that around and say, well, I'm going to be that person or one of those people that makes it welcoming and inviting for everybody and doing and startup drinks, which of course is on hold right now because mm. we can't gather like we had for uh, almost a year wow. uh, to do that. Um, but I've been very intentional about that, as you know, to make sure we welcome people. And that power of invitation is just so incredibly powerful for people, especially with people that don't look like you, talk like you, dress like you, don't have the experiences mm. that you have. To make them welcome mm -hmm. is so unbelievably powerful and yeah. i do my very best yeah your your events are are definitely my favorite i i did all these events in vancouver and yours um all of them every time i i heard colin or start of vancouver is hosting an event i was like that's that's a, that's where i'm going um so i really enjoy that and you are talking about social capital which is something i'm i'm super passionate about and we even did a podcast uh, we did an episode specifically on social capital we had an author on the on the show um i've 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 been thinking about this and i got to talk to this lawyer the other day and he told me how you know how in 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 if you're a lawyer or finance or accounting a lot of the businesses they do happen on the golf course or happen on, you know, these social settings. And he was telling me how a successful businessman in his mind was the one that somebody else runs the business. He is spending time talking to important individuals. He's spending time to be part of the yacht club, part of the golf course. Although I don't fully agree with that, but I feel like the startup community is such a contrast to that that it's, it's actually nice to learn a thing or two from, from that world. Uh, as a startup entrepreneur or a tech founder, a lot of times you get lost into your business that you forget those connections are as important, if not more. And what you're doing, you're trying to get those people outside of their bubble and get them out there. Uh, absolutely. And I know myself in my previous life for over two decades as an architect, that's really the foundation that's the informed me to be part of the secret sauce of what I do in, in the entrepreneurship space. And I'll be honest, for years and years, I was heads down 
working on projects and that's what, what I did rather than, even though I was working for large international firms, so it wasn't my position to be working on the business. But also during that journey, kind of my early entrepreneurship uh, uh, efforts, as you can put it, is I had my own studio. So this is in the, in the 90s, early 2000s, where I was doing 3D modeling, visualization, mostly for the architectural community, but then also into gaming and then some other uh, clients also. And I love that. And for me, that was the first time for me of not only working on the business, or working in the business, because my first love of most things, whether you're, you're starting up or what you do, it's because you're really good at it and it's what you're passionate about. And a lot of uh, entrepreneurs or even business leaders, whether they're professional like an architect, the thing that they're really good at and really love, ironically, when they scale up the business and become successful, they don't have the tools or worse, they don't bring in the right people then to run the, that part of the business. And then it ends up being that they, then, then they have this, this animosity or even anger or resentment, the fact that other people are then doing the stuff that they really love, whether it's actually designing the, the buildings themselves, and because now they're working on the business. Uh, so reason I kind of mentioned this to kind of re rewind the tape is I had that early opportunity as an entrepreneur, even though I didn't consider myself one at the time, uh, because it was, I was creating a studio and a consultancy. I wasn't creating something or product that we're looking to scale up. But it was a great way for me to sharpen my knife to kind of bounce back and forth between working on the business and then realizing, you know what, for me to be successful, I need to step out of that. And there's other people that even though I love the 3D modeling and all of that stuff that goes with it and the animation, there's people that can do it better. So then I started to outsource that uh, to all over the world, like early days, wow. right? And, uh, and that's what I started to do. So I started to put together high performance teams that were working virtually. And this is like in the early 2000s that wow. I was doing this. And, uh, and so for me, it taught me that lesson to be successful. I had to empower other people and engage them and myself then work on the high value pieces of the business and which also includes growing the business also, which uh, to your point, Reza, that uh, a lot of, whether it's tech founders or, or entrepreneurs, they, 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 they get away from it. That's a tricky one to do. It, there's no uh, playbook that says at a certain time, once you've reached this, this is when you need to mm -hmm. disengage and become this other person or bring in these other people. And some, as we've seen, some, uh, some tech founders or some entrepreneurs never do that, whether it's their ego, that gets in the way and uh, then sadly over time they are removed uh, mm -hmm. rather than them helping to kind of craft their own trajectory and find a new place that they add the most value in that, that company. So, uh, mm -hmm. so yes, they are uh, unfortunately relieved of their duties uh, whether they like it or not. Colin, what do you say we do a rapid question with one word answers? Oh, better have some coffee first here. Hold on. <laughs> I just thought of this on the fly and I think it might make interesting micro content. With one word answers. All right. One word answers. Starting a startup, Vancouver or Toronto? Vancouver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to say that. He, he had to say it. So I, I was curious. <laughs> What's one city that is on the growth of startup or business that is not Vancouver or Toronto in Canada? Canada. That has potential. 
was going to say Waterloo. It's already there. Uh, that's not true. I'll, I'll say I'll say Waterloo. Okay. Um, I want to I want to follow up on uh, your first question, Reza. So Canada yeah. or the U.S. to start a startup today, twenty twenty. Wow, I got to get in so much trouble for this one here. See, I well the, with what we do. Uh, it's one word. You, you, it's one word, Colin. It's one word. <laughs> well, let me ask you. Okay, one the qualifier before I answer with my one word. Is this me personally, if I was starting up a business or for my recommendation to all entrepreneurs? Recommendation to all entrepreneurs. Canada. And um, <laughs> where, where, is the, where would you say is the best place to, where, to get, a, get a funding, get funding, get, get a good VC? Now you can't lie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I gotta get in so much trouble. I, I know Colin, I know you are biased on uh, towards Canada. We are too. I'm super proud uh, to be part of ca Canadian business scene, but we, we've got to be realistic here, right? See, I know you want one, one word answer there. That one's so loaded because it really depends on what sector you're talking about too. Got because it. now, now that's true. Got it. It's a, a tricky one. Um, if you just because not everything fits everybody, like even though with uh, uh, the tie, what we've we're familiar with with uh, with hype uh, sport innovation, which is a global accelerator incubator in the sport tech space. So, both of us are involved with them, they and are truly global, by the way. To, yeah. So, it's it's difficult to put uh, a location on it, uh, uh, absolutely. Colin, um, you're, ruin you're ruining the rapid questions. One more, okay? Sorry, um, <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver's strength in startup. One word. Collaboration. Vancouver's weakness in startup. Um, Luck. Vancouver's weakness. Well, there's a couple. Three, two, uh, one, go. <laughs> Say it. I'm, 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 maybe I need another sip of coffee here. Sorry, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing terrible at this. I know. That's okay. Vancouver's weakness, uh, open-mindedness. There we go. It's two words. <laughs> no, it's got a hyphen. It's got a hyphen. It's got a hyphen, okay. it's got a hyphen between open and mindedness. I like how, how he's putting a weakness that is actually a strength. <laughs> open-mindedness yeah. is a strength. It's not a weakness. No, I'm saying, I'm sorry, lack thereof. Oh, like oh, they're okay. like they're so those are a bunch okay, of okay, words. Let, now, me, let me say close-mindedness. That's what I meant to say, close-mindedness. There we go. I changed my answer with a hyphen in between close-mindedness. <laughs> this, this is an amazing conversation. I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Itai, I let you, let you do the closing. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to uh, wrap it up. Colin, is there something you want to let our uh, listeners know before we end? Uh, absolutely. If you're an entrepreneur, just want to let you know with what we do with Startup Vancouver and Startup Canada, as far as a brand, one thing I've always kind of joked about is people think because they have the word startup in it, that we're a bunch, uh, we support those early stage companies. In fact, we should be named more like Vancouver entrepreneurs and innovators because we are here for everybody. And uh, once again, if you want to connect with us, 
uh, and see all the events that we're doing, both, well, right now we're doing all kinds of amazing live stream events. I think Reza may know one that we're actually doing here together yep. that we do. Uh, other events that are coming up, we've rebooted or reimagined our very successful van startup stories, our speaker series, which we had last year every single month, which is our way to support uh, underrepresented entrepreneurs, whether it's new Canadian entrepreneurs, Indigenous entrepreneurs, women, youth, and on it goes. So we're now doing that uh, as a virtual event once a month, and we celebrate women entrepreneurs last month. And on July 22nd, we haven't put that on Eventbrite yet, we're going to next week, we are celebrating Black entrepreneurs and as part of uh, our support of Black Lives Matter. So that's going to be a great event that we're going to have a two-hour event. So that's the type of thing we do. So best way to get a, get a hold of us is through on social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, even LinkedIn. We've got a community page there. Just look up Startup Vancouver, connect with us. And uh, yeah, that's we, we, we're, like I said, we're here not only for Vancouver entrepreneurs, but now that everything's virtual, we are here for all Canadian and even global entrepreneurs. Yeah, and even if you are interested in learning more about the Canadian ecosystem or Vancouver, uh, I would recommend uh, checking it out and joining. Um, by the way, those are really the, my favorite events, especially before COVID, uh, you know, the startup drinks. Uh, I really, uh, that was like my go-to. I didn't miss any of those. That's because you always could beat me at pool. That's why every single time, <laughs> every time, man. We, sh we should rematch. We will, we will, and we will be doing that. Like I said, it's only a matter of time, and it may not be until 2021, but that, those events, as you said, have been so popular, and that is the physical manifestation of what we're about, what I love about those events, and I'm sure you've seen, both of you have seen that too in action, that almost half the crowd is women, ranges from like 19 to, gosh, 70 years old, uh, and it's not just a bunch of wannabe entrepreneurs that are running around trying to pitch what they're doing. People are having real conversations and real connections there. And it's a representative representation of the entire uh, Vancouver innovation ecosystem. And we've had most times over 200 people at these events. So we're, we're thinking about doing a virtual startup drinks. I know our friends with Startup Comox Valley over on the island are doing something like that. I'm going to check that out next week. And perhaps we'll, perhaps we'll do that. Mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll resurrect that. That sounds interesting. Amazing. So Thank we'll you very much. Eat quite yet, but, but, we'll, <laughs> uh, but, we'll, but, but we'll do something. But we'll get together in person very soon. Yeah, sounds good. So thank you very much, Colin, for joining us. It was a fun conversation. I learned a lot about the, the perspective of the uh, startup ecosystem here and in Canada. Uh, so really appreciate uh, you being here on the podcast with us. Uh, next week, Reza and I are going solo, right, Reza? Yes, uh, we're going to talk about, you know, hiring freelancers, entrepreneurs who are dealing with freelancers. What are the pros and cons? What are some takeaways we learned in our experiences? Yeah, I think it's an interesting subject because you can't live with them and you can't live without them these days. So uh, absolutely need to be careful from a lot of things. So uh, we'll share some uh, painful experiences, I guess. Uh, and uh, yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you, Colin, for joining us today. Yeah. That was amazing. So at, at the beginning, I put something in the chat just because I missed the part that Itai introduced you. Yeah, on. that was the first uh, yeah. five seconds. <laughs> Where were yeah. you? I, did, I, I, I missed the whole revive uh, entertainment. And, and it was uh, there. You yeah, can, uh, got it. Yeah. Got there it. we go. He got it. <laughs> Good yeah, stuff. Thanks, All right, guys. guys. Well,
Well, hey, hopefully that was uh, that was helpful. Sorry, I'm, I'm running on a low energy here this morning, so uh, hopefully that that's was. Okay. Uh, that's okay. You, ma you made us you made us get up extra early today. <laughs> <laughs> we we are so tuned on that 10 a.m. show that that 9 a.m. was like. Uh. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, because actually I do right now at the yeah. top of the hour. I have to jump on a, uh, yeah. a Startup Go Canada com community call with all the leaders. So Go for I, it. I Best of luck. Best Thanks, of guys. Luck. Have Take a good care. weekend. You too. All right. Thank bye you. Bye. Bye now. Bye. -bye.